Hey y'all, what's up? You are now tuned in to The Unknown Journey with Jazz, an emerging and relatable podcast for young adults navigating their way through life. Join me as we will be discussing everything from heartbreaks to spirituality, astrology, fashion, love, business, money, and just everything life. I'm so glad you could join me and I don't want to keep you waiting. So let's get started. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Unknown Journey with Jazz. I am your host, Jasmine, and how you doing? How y'all feeling? If you're new here, welcome. If you are coming back, welcome back. I am so happy to know that y'all are coming back into an in. So last week, we talked about, do I need to be an entrepreneur? That was episode seven. And in that episode, I talked about if you need to be an entrepreneur, like, is it okay if you don't want to be one? If you do want to be one, what are some great things about it? I also talked about, um, for the unpopular opinion, I got into a little bit about do women get the same respect as men when it comes to how they make their money? So if you want to hear that topic and you want to hear my thoughts on it, make sure you go back and listen to episode seven. Also, if you haven't listened to episode one through six, make sure you go check that out. I want to hear your thoughts, your feedback. So make sure you follow me on Instagram at The Unknown Journey with Jazz so we can connect and I can see what y'all feeling, what y'all liking and all that good stuff. So y'all today... For this episode, I have a very special guest, someone that's very dear to my heart, one of my biggest role models, one of my biggest inspirations. I have my sister here, my sister Jessica, and Jessica is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Yes, she is licensed, y'all. She got them credentials. So she is here. She'll be joining us on today's topic. So just say what's up to people. Hey, y'all. Yes, Jess is here. So today we are going to talk about how to navigate um, the changes that you go through when you move away or in your 20s with your family and with your parents or even with your friendships. So we're going to get into that. So make sure you stay tuned. All right, y'all. So I just realized that I said episode seven, but it was actually episode eight. So if you haven't checked out episode eight, make sure you do so. And if you haven't checked out episode one through seven, make sure you do that. So we are going to get into it. And the general topic is changing relationships with your parents slash family in your 20s and how to navigate those changes to get the most out of your relationship. So y'all, this is a very deep topic. We're going to get into some things. So without further ado, my first question to you, Jessica, is how is it when you move away from your parents and how does that relationship change? Like, is there a change between your parents or your family when you move away? You could be moving away just to get out the house. You could be moving away to go to college. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, of course your relationships change with your parents, just like they change with anyone. Um, I think most of us have experienced that weird shift of being a kid, being a teen, and all of a sudden you're 18 and everyone wants to treat you like an adult. And at the same time, there's this weird time where you still feel like a kid and you're an adult as well. Right. And um, something that we don't talk about is how our relationships shift with our parents. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, we want to be like more independent, mm-hmm. but there's still this sense of dependency, right? right. Um, so when you move away, right, you mm-hmm. go and get your own car, maybe. Maybe you're going to go get your own apartment. Um, and you're still going to go home from time to time. But when you do go home, you might realize the way that you feel about your parents may shift or the way that you talk to them might shift. Right. Um, That's also like, even like when it comes to like physical, I know like when I go home, it's like, all right, I've been in college, so I can go out whenever. But now that I'm home, it's like, okay, I'm back under my parents' roof. And you almost kind of get put back into that childlike mindset where it's like, all right, I got to, if I go out late, I have to make sure I tell my parents or I might have to like 
tiptoe around the house or like you just can't be as free as you normally would. That is definitely true. And to be honest, that doesn't really change with age. True. It's just one of those things that I've learned through just my clinical experience, um, seeing other clients and things like that, is that whenever you go back to your parents, you kind of go back into this mode of whoever you were when you were with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're away from them, that's when you start to see a shift in that relationship, right? Right. Um, And that shift might be um, how, you know, how often you talk to them. It might be the topics that you talk about Mm -hmm. with them. And if you feel comfortable reaching out for support, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So a lot of us might feel like, oh, I'm independent. I want to do this myself. That's great. Um, But in reality, we all need support. And one of our, hopefully one of your biggest supporters can be your parents. Right. Um, But the comfortability might not be there. And so one of the things that we can talk about is um, how do you navigate talking to your parents and communicating with your parents so that you get respect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a really big one is you get respect, but also you still maintaining that respect to your parents as well. Right. Yeah, I can agree that I do think like the frequency changes, like how often you talk to them and even the topics definitely change. Like for me personally, it came down to a little bit more serious things about like, oh, did you get your taxes? And like, is your car okay and things in that nature and I realized like support when it comes to like support I kind of did want a little bit more of support of like do you need help paying for things or like do you need help with anything and I feel like it just kind of like when you're not in that household they don't see your day-to-day life so they don't know like if you're lacking in things or if you need that help so when you do get that chance to talk to them it's kind of like I don't know, it's a little weird because like, well, I don't really want to tell you about my problems, but I do have problems, but I don't know how to like, I don't want you to worry at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think is very common uh, among a lot of young adults that I see personally is when do you talk to your parents about certain problems and when do you keep them to yourselves? Mm. And I think that's something that you learn with experience. Right. Um, and I would say more of my own personal experiences, when I got out of the house, um, I did not reach out for support as much as I probably should have when I was younger. Yeah. Right. So like, and when I mean younger, I mean like from 20 to like 25. Um, during that life, I kind of just wanted my own independence and wanted to do things on my own. So I didn't, you know, if I had a problem with something, I didn't necessarily reach out to them unless it was something big and I really didn't know, like my car ain't starting or (laughs) I don't know, I'm getting all this paperwork and I don't know what it means. Right. It's always that paperwork. You gotta call your parents (laughs) for that paperwork. Simple things that you like know you should know, but you just don't know. Or like, I don't know my social security number or whatever it is, like you'll reach out to your parents. But there are also other things that you can reach out to your parents for if you have that type of relationship and or want to start to develop that type of relationship. Right. Um, so something that we don't think about is that our parents are older. They've been through life. They have. Right. They've dated. They've, you know, had friends. They had jobs. They've dealt with coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know, they've dealt with a lot of things. Um, So they do have, they are a resource that have a lot of knowledge about how to navigate life. Um, But it kind of feels weird because in your teens, you spend all your time being private and secretive and you don't want to tell nobody nothing. So, you know, something that shifts in your relationship is you you may start to be a little bit more open Mm -hmm. about things you normally wouldn't have in the past. That is true. I can... I can relate to that. I feel like as the older I got, I kind of wanted my parents to know more about my personal situation so that way I can hear their their thoughts, their input, their experiences so I can figure out, okay, what do I need to do in this situation based off what my parents tell me. So something that you did mention is about like dating. Do you feel like I feel like it could be different. Like, do you feel like there's pressures on dating once you start getting into your 20s? Because, I mean, now, I feel like now it's like there's no push for, like, 
dating getting married having kids but i feel like in some spaces some people's personal situations there is that pressure of like all right now you're in your 20s you need to go find your husband i want some grandbaby soon like what you doing (laughs) yes i do think that i think it shifts right so i guess some background is i'm 31 so i kind of i'm I'm a, a little bit older out of my 20s but if I recall correctly, I, I want to say between the ages of 20 to 25, everyone kind of pushes this focus on yourself, focus on your career, right? Right. Um, they might ask you if you're dating, um, but it's very casual and you don't say too much. Um, I know personally for me, when I was 20 to 25, I was like, I'm not bringing nobody home unless this is my husband. <laughs> um, but that was my experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to bring your significant other around if you are dating, or you might want to talk to your parents about your dating. More than likely, you're not. Yeah. Your young 20s, you're not. And that's something also like, do you feel like you shouldn't be bringing all these people home that you're dating in your 20s? Like, should you just like, enjoy life, see where things go. And then maybe if you reach a certain point within that relationship, then consider bringing your, your person home, your partner home or whoever. Um, or do you think like, it's okay to bring whoever it's just a part of the, the human experience of dating other people? Both. I mean, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I think, okay. you know, your family better, mm-hmm. um, than anyone else and how that pertains to you. I think something to be mindful of is, um, if you want people to ask you about your significant other or not, because right. once you bring someone around, they're going to keep asking you. Mm-hmm. And if you're unsure about the relationship or you don't know where it's going, you may not feel as comfortable bringing someone around because right. you don't want people asking you things. But hey, if you're an open book and you don't care if people ask you or not, do what feels comfortable for you. True, true. Right. And so I, th- I do think also a part of that is cultural. Mm-hmm. Right. So depending on your culture and the way that you were raised will affect, you know, the way that you share dating with your parents. Right. Um, but I will say once you like over 25, you know, you start hitting at 26, 27, 28. Mm-hmm. That's when people are like, so what's up? What's tea? Yeah. Who is this? <laughs> Who is this? Who you've been spending your time with? Is it serious? Mm-hmm. Are y'all looking to get married? That's when you start getting those stronger um, questions. Right. Um, which is natural. Like, it does feel uncomfortable um, just because, I mean, it is very personal and it is right. private. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, in my training, you know, this is all human development, your young 20s, your young adulthood. Yeah. Um, one of the main stages that you're really going to focus on is intimacy versus isolation. Right. And what that means is in your 20s, you start to develop stronger relationships with people. And it is an actual skill. Like it is a skill to build relationships. You need relationships to survive. Mm. Um, and if you do not build relationships or you don't learn how to build intimate relationships, it's considered a failure. Um, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and what I mean by failure is it is stronger. T- it is excuse me. It's more difficult in life to maintain um, good relationships, whether it be with friends, family, coworkers. If you don't know how to build deep, intimate relationships with others, hmm. um, so yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is interesting that you say that, and I feel like for me personally, like. I feel like throughout my years, I've kind of always dated someone, but I feel like that helped me a lot to just like, it helps my character development, like know how it is to interact with another person, how mm-hmm. to understand different points of views, how to understand like how people work differently. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can say that has really helped me by having those different types of relationships. Right. And when you think about it, the first relationships you ever developed with were with where with was, was with, with your <laughs> was with your family yeah with your family your parents your siblings right those are the first relationships that you've ever created right, right. so those are sometimes the most difficult to change and shift but they're also the most important right um i think what was different with your parents is there is a hierarchy yes right so in, in relationships in general, you learn how to listen, you learn how to communicate, you mm-hmm. learn how to uh, use conflict resolution, 
you know, you learn all these great skills that you need in life. Right. However, with your parents, and again, this is cultural, mm-hmm. um, there is a specific way that your family might expect you to talk to them. Right. Right. So, like, you can't be cursing around me or you can't do certain things around mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Which I, I feel like I have friends that are like, on both ends of the spectrum. I have friends that are completely open, can say whatever, do whatever around their parents. And then I have friends that are like, yeah, my friends or my parents can't find out that I smoke or my friends can't, I mean, my parents can't find out that I drink, that I, that I Mm -hmm. I can't curse around them. I have Mm -hmm. to still address them as a certain name. Like, yeah, it's true. Right. So some of those things might shift depending again on your comfortability with your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and you decide how much information that you want to give them. Um, right. And I, when you get older, you decide, like, you know, can, can I curse around my parents? Most times cursing is not that bad. But talking about certain topics might still be kind of weird, like talking about sex. Yeah. Sometimes even talking about money might feel uncomfortable as well. Um, yeah. And so thinking about how you want to... Uh, navigate those type of topics with your parents is really important because it'll also show you how you're going to navigate uncomfortable topics with a significant other in your future. Mm. You did say something. um, What did you just say? I just had a question about it. So you're talking about your family and topics. Oh, like when it comes to like a cursing, I remember one time I was like doing something. I think I accidentally said shit. And, like, I don't think mommy said anything about it, but it was, like, I was, like, oh, snap, did I just curse? <laughs> like, I felt so weird and uncomfortable that I said that. But then again, it's, like, I mean, I'm older now. Like, I can mm-hmm. do that, I think, right? But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm still around my parent. But I guess it depends on, like, the relationship with the parent. Like, is your parent mm-hmm. really going to care now because you are older or what that case may be? So, yeah, that's, that's interesting um, to bring up. So let's get a little deeper when it comes to you're in your 20s, you moved away from home and you're in these different relationships and you're noticing that there's some type of like, there's some things about you that aren't in their greatest form. Like you might have developed some characteristics that are maybe not the greatest. Like maybe someone is calling you toxic. Maybe they're saying, well, you don't open up to me or Mm -hmm. you're emotionally abusing me. Like, do you think that some of those things have been developed from your parents or from your family and they're getting um, like pushed on into your relationships and, and like how, how is that affecting you personally? Um, 1000%. I mean, I say this to every single one of my clients that I ever meet is the way that you are with your parents, the relationships that you have seen, is going to be the same way that you are going to be in your relationships. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, I hear people say, I ain't going to be nothing like my parents. Yo. I'm going to be the complete opposite. And then we sit in the therapy room talking about the same things that Yo. you know their parents did that they're doing now to their partner, or at least their partner is accusing them of. Right. Um, and I do think that's important to think about. Um, one of the other things too, is as you get older, you start to notice different things about your parents, right? Traits and characteristics that you didn't see before or dynamics that you didn't really catch on to that might be affecting you in your current relationships. Um, And I do think that in your 20s, you know, you're trying to find yourself, you're trying to understand things. You might end up asking your parents more about their own personal history. Right. But then that also might trigger some uncomfortable experiences that you have had in your experiences with your parents. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say everyone has a good relationship with their parents because everyone doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that our parents have done, whether it be intentional or unintentional, that have hurt us. Right. Um, And that might bubble up for you in your 20s, which is natural. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we can do is start to process how that is affecting you as an adult or even how that affected you as a kid and how you carry that. Um, And that might be a conversation to have with your parents. Mm -hmm. But I'll be honest, that conversation might not go so well. I was going to ask. So like, if you do realize these things, 
is there a certain way to approach your parents because you could hit your mom dad up and be like well you was like this that and the third to me when i was a kid and now it's affecting my relationship and, blah, 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 and they just not take it the right way right so again you know your parents if they're able to communicate or not and how they communicate and i mm-hmm. think that's important to be mindful even though you might want to change certain things, that doesn't mean that they necessarily are open to changing. Right. Um, so that's why I think it's good to at first process with yourself. Yeah. Right. Think about it. Think mm-hmm. about how it's affected you um, because they may not realize it or not. Even if you tell them, they may say that happened or they may say that didn't even happen. That ain't happened. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and you making it up. <laughs> right. And that can be invalidating and that'll, um, further put a wedge between you and your parents. Right. So I definitely encourage you to process it with yourself and also talk to your friends about it. Talk to your siblings about it. Um, and if you need to talk to a therapist about it, right. um, so that you can really get help in, in understanding why things happened the way they did, how they happened the way that they did, um, and what you can do about it now, especially if you feel like, you know, some of those things are affecting you. Right. So it's kind of like a process, like take, take your time with it. Don't jump right into it. Definitely think about it first, reach out to other resources first, and Mm -hmm. then maybe find out the best way to go about it when communicating with your parents. Right. Because in your 20s, I mean, people don't really realize, like, you're doing a lot of healing of right. yourself, right? You're healing from a lot of things that have happened in your past. Um, and it's hard to approach someone if you're not healed yourself, right? True. Um, and it's better to not have expectations that your parents are going to apologize. Mm. Um, even though That's you may need that, mm-hmm. um, they may not be open to that right now. And, and I think that's why it's good to really, you know, just sit down with yourself and think about how you can forgive them for yourself. Right. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's very um, insightful. And I think that will help a lot to just really think about those things and like figure out what what's the best way to approach it. So, do you feel like there is a time limit on healing? Like, do you feel like okay, I've talked about it with my friends and I'm ready to talk to my parents about it, but what if you're not even like fully healed from that? Mm-hmm. Like is there a way to like softly introduce it or um, like how how do you know when you're healed from a situation to even address your parents from it? Um, you know that you're healed when you no longer have a like visceral reaction when the subject's being brought up. And okay. what I mean by visceral is like if you find yourself getting real angry, you want to curse, you want to scream, or you shut down. Mm-hmm. Those are signals to let you know. All right. I'm still harboring a lot of ill feelings. Maybe this isn't the time. Okay. That's um, some good points. But it is good to like broach the conversation. And I think that this comes along with communication skills, which y'all can have your own podcast episode on how to communicate. <laughs> right. Um, because not all of us were taught how to communicate um, in a healthy manner. Um, but it's okay to bring up a situation softly. Because right. you have to remember when you're bringing up a situation like, hey, you hurt me. Well, no one likes to hear that they hurt somebody. Right. And so naturally, as a parent, your defense mechanisms go up and you might either um, deny it or get upset um, or just, you know, not know how to navigate that. So I think it's, you know, softly bringing up, hey, do you remember this? You know, and kind of talk about your feelings and being okay with it just being that. Right. And what I mean by that is just being okay with, just you saying your part right. um, and not expecting uh, too much back at first mm-hmm. um, just to uh, protect yourself from disappointment um, because it's again your, your relationship with your parents are going to continue to change and hopefully you do maintain that connection if it is healthy right Ooh, that's a good point um, now like, cause what if it's not healthy? Exactly. So then it's like, what do you do? Because it's like your parents, but then again, they're not like understanding or trying to give you that same respect and just acknowledge the things that you went through and trying to support you through that. Right. I mean, I, you and I have been blessed to have 
pretty good parents, right? We have right. parents who are together and who, you know, we can come to talk to, you know, about most things. Mm-hmm. But not everyone is fortunate to have that situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have a parent that was never really around, yeah, right? And it might be hard for you to reach out to them and talk to them, or maybe you don't even know who they are. Um, and I think that's where it comes to, you can still heal, mm-hmm. right? By getting, you know, the correct help. Um, I definitely advocate for going to therapy. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm a therapist, right? (laughs) But the action that I'm talking about is exoneration. And exoneration is basically when you absolve someone, like you let go of any blame or hurt or vindication that they have caused you, right? So you basically forgive them without them doing their part. Mm, um, that sounds like a big step. That's hard. Yes. I ain't even gonna lie to you. You're gonna be doing <laughs> that for the rest of your life. It's exonerating people, but it's something to. It's a really good skill to learn. Is learning how to just forgive them by, you know, trying to understand for yourself. Like this is what happened, right? And this is this is how it impacted me, and now I'm ready to move on, right? Um, but you know, sometimes your parents will be accepting, and sometimes they won't. Um, but I think the best thing you can do is at least process it, because like I said. You think you're not going to be like your parents, and then all of a sudden you're in your first, second, third serious relationship, mm-hmm. and all of these things start coming, you know, flooding in that you didn't realize. And you're like, dang, my mom used to do that, yep. or dang, my dad used to do that. Yep. I hate it when they did that, and here I am doing it again, like doing it myself. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's something like I was talking about in um, the not the last episode, but episode Is He Cheating with Steven? How I talked about um, how you can develop like these toxic traits from your parents and Mm -hmm. not even realize it and that they show up in Mm -hmm. your your current relationships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. is very just crazy and it's something to just be very mindful of and that's when you have to really do your part in trying to heal and trying to correct things that haven't that you've seen weren't the best Mm -hmm. coming Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. yeah those are really great that you mentioned Uh, there was another thing that you said that I wanted to speak on um but yeah also like holding like that grudge isn't healthy and I think that's something hard to hard to navigate within itself is just like letting go and just accepting things for what it is after you put in that effort like if you put in effort and you've tried that it's not always gonna come out the same way that you want it to and if it doesn't that it's okay to just to let that hurt go mm-hmm. because it can cause actual stress on on your heart to mm-hmm. to hold these grudges and to continue life like that i agree i agree 100 percent. so um a question that i want to leave you guys with um just for this little part is like how do you imagine your relationship with your parents So that's something I want you all to think about. But I want to ask you, Jessica, how do you imagine your relationship with your parents? Right. Or with our parents? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To be honest, I think I have a really good relationship with my parents now. I think I need to do a better job just, you know, figuring out how they want to be loved so I can make sure I show them love. Um, But as I've gotten older, I have found that my parents are a really great support for certain things. There are things that I go to my mom about. There are things that I go to my dad about. They right. are not the, you know, you know, they're not the gurus on everything. Right. Um, but I do want to maintain a close relationship with them because they mean a lot to me. Um, and it's interesting because I think I was having a hard time, you know, these last few months just emotionally with myself, dealing with my own transitions. And there was a specific moment where I just broke down in front of my parents. It was like the first time like I broke down and cried in a very, very long time. And I was embraced by my parents. And it was interesting because when I hugged my mom, she was like, our mom, that she was like, oh my gosh, I miss this. I miss holding Oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry, girl. girl. (laughs) (laughs) And it really meant a lot. And it's, it's crazy to think that as you get older, you know, you may not hug your parents the same. You may not kiss them the same. You know, mm-hmm. there are so many things. Like, you spend so many nights probably sleeping in their bed. And, yep. you know, them nursing you back to health and all these things that they don't have anymore. So they miss you just as much as they say they do. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's in part important to foster those relationships. 
not just for your parents and not just for yourself, but for your future children, yeah. for your future relationships so that you know how to have longevity in your relationships um, and true connection and true love. So I just want my relationship with my parents to be more open, um, full of support. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, you know, it's always good to have some boundaries. There's some things that they may want to talk to me about I don't want to talk about. And that's okay. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so just a healthy balance of support and boundaries, I think, is, is what I imagine with my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think um, for me, like, yeah, I'd, I'd want those, definitely those same qualities. Um, I would definitely, like, I feel like growing up, I've always kind of been, like, a private person. I've always done my thing and just, like, you know, like, I've always been good. I was never really a bad kid, so, like, there was nothing to ever really worry about when it came to me. But I would like to um, definitely have a more open relationship with my parents and, it feels good to know that like they're interested in what what's going on in my life and probably vice versa I'm, I'm pretty sure like my parents want to feel that love and connection from me because just for me personally like I wasn't and this is just this goes for all my relationships like I just don't be reaching out to people and I don't know why like I don't know if there's like some other deep meaning behind that but I've always felt like well I'm always here if someone needs me. So if anyone ever calls me, I'm always going to pick up. But I'm never really that first person to initiate things. So maybe that's just something for me personally to work on is how to like initiate conversations with people and how to reach out to people more. And of course, like all the things that you said, I want that support, that openness and just being able to like connect with your parents because at the end of the day, like those are people that raised you and you know, they're, they're going to be there for you. They're going to help you with your children and they're going to do all these things for you. So it's important to have that healthy relationship with them. So speaking on the relationship with your parents, how do you feel about moving back in with your parents after you've less, left the nest? Do you feel like the dynamic changes? Do you feel like, I don't know, what's your feelings on it? Um, it's tough. I ain't even gonna lie to you. And I feel like it happens a lot. Like, a lot of people think, um, you know, you, you leave and that's it. You don't live back with your parents again. But, like, life is hard and things happen. And sometimes you move back in with your parents. And I feel like that's okay sometimes. Like, especially if your parents are there to support you and you're able to, you're even able to do that. Like, I think that's a blessing within itself. Exactly. I do think it's a blessing. Um, not everyone, you know, is able to do that. But if you are, um, there's nothing wrong with it. I know plenty of people, probably every single one of my friends, co- like everyone has mm-hmm. moved back with, in their, with their parents at some point. Right. Um, if, they, if they are able. Um, I think one of the thing, things to do is, one, you still have to respect that it's their household. True, true. Um, And at the same time, and this is if like you either move back in with them or you're just still living with them. I think it's good to have healthy communication about what their expectations are of you Mm -hmm. and what are some possible expectations for for yourself. Right. Now, they may not be accepting of everything that you have to say, um, but that's where, you know, healthy communication comes into play. And what I mean by expectations is um, who's going to take responsibility of cleaning, Right. You know, are you responsible to clean the house at some point or um, keep your room clean? Whatever it is, um, responsibility in terms of bills. Right. Do they expect you to pay a portion of their bills or do you want to offer or not offer pay bills? Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the one of the more common things I see about people moving back home is to save money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I recently read an article about how a girl lived with her parents for four years and paid off $84,000 of her debt. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's goals, right? For like real. that's huge. Um, however, her parents were in a position where they were able to help her financially. So she didn't have to pay bills. Mm-hmm. That's not everyone's, um, life, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us are middle-class Americans, um, or middle-class people who, you know, everyone's getting by the way that they can right um so i do think it's important to talk about it up front don't wait one two three five seven eight months Mm -hmm. and your parents are walking around pissed off because you're not paying no bills you're dirtying all their dishes and you don't clean up nothing right 
y'all going to run into some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would treat your relationship with your parents, um, even though, again, cultural, still maintain some type of respect, um, like a roommate. Mm-hmm. When you move in with a roommate, y'all talk about who's paying what, right. who's cleaning this, who's coming over, you know, all these things. Right. You have to have that same conversation with your parents so that it's clear on what the expectations are on both ends. And at the same time, you have to realize that they're going to have rules. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to follow them rules. It might not be the place for you to stay. Exactly. <laughs> Can't um, <do> about <laughs> and you, you know, and I, I also feel like that's something like. Some people understand, but some people might not understand until they're in that position. Right. And it's like, okay, now you have your own place. And I don't know, say there's a friend coming over, staying with you, and they mm-hmm. doing all this. And you're just like, oh, hold up now. This this my place. I'm paying mm-hmm. these bills. You're going to have to respect what I want because, you know, this, this is my household. So I think it's just important to, to also realize that, like, even though it's your parents and they may have some type of, like, um, they may be a little bit more lenient with you, but it's still a good idea to have that open conversation so that way boundaries are made and the respect is there throughout the household and there's no like tension revolving those specific issues. Exactly. I agree. All right. So that was a really great topic about, you know, the, um, figuring out that relationship between your parents and your family when it comes to being in your 20s. So the next thing I want to kind of talk about is like, friendships, how to navigate those changes when it comes to being your friends in your 20s, even when it's like, say like, you know, you have your high school, your childhood friends, and then you go off to college and now it's like, you guys don't talk anymore. Like some people might feel some type of way and be like, oh, you changed or, or what? Like, how do you navigate those types of, those types of relationships with your friends or those type of friendships? Uh, I do think that's a common topic that a lot of young adults bring to me in session. Um, the reality is, is that you have changed. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have not changed, you know, come hit me up. We need to talk <laughs> um, because life is all about changes, right? Your right. your interests change, the music you listen to changes, the way you dress changes, the type of people you hang out may change, um, and that's okay. Um, I do think that there are some relationships that you might keep for a long time for certain reasons, whether that be, you know, elementary school friends, middle school friends, high school friends. Mm-hmm. Um, these might be your friends that every time you go back home, you go out and hang out with, but they may not be the friends that you talk to every day. Right. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. It is difficult because, yeah, someone's feelings may be hurt. But again, that's a life lesson. You can't please everyone. And if you do try to please everyone, you're going to end up stressing yourself out because you're not going to feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I wouldn't say you need to let go of friends, um, but it's okay to put distance, you know, between friends. Right. Um, And at the same time, if you need to let go of a friend because they are toxic, (laughs) right? They're doing all types of things that you do not agree with, don't mm-hmm. like anymore, don't want to engage in. Right. It's okay to be like, you know what? This is not working out. You can either have a conversation with them right. and say, hey, like, here are some things that make me uncomfortable, yada, yada, yada. Like, you know, just talk about your feelings mm-hmm. and then, you know, slowly distance yourself. Okay, yeah, that was the question I was going to ask. Like, if you do feel like you are in a toxic relationship with your friend, how do you go about, you know, distancing yourself or like trying to break that off? Because, you know, sometimes you really do care about these people and it's like you want to be friends with them, but you know, they're not they're not benefiting you. They're not serving you. They like there's nothing positive coming out of the, the friendship. So you would recommend to like have a conversation with them and. Do you feel like you should try to fix it first or do you feel like if you are you you done with it, then be done with it? Like, um, I think, again, that's to each his own, like how you navigate relationships. I do think it's important to try to solve whatever it is that you can solve. Mm-hmm. Right. So I might have a friend that's into, I don't know, drinking. Right. They like to drink mm-hmm. every day, all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not where I'm at in my life. I don't want to drink every day. Right. It's okay to be like, hey, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So if we're going to hang out, let's do this. Or, you know, if you're open to this, let's do something else. Right. And if they're open to it, great. That's a friend that's really trying to keep a friendship. Right. But that friend is like, F you, you're weak, you know, whatever they mm-hmm. want to say, you know, start talking crap about you to try to either peer pressure you into doing something yeah. or make you feel bad. Right. Those are the type of relationships that it's okay to let go of. Right. Um, I do think it's important to have a conversation, right? Like, because I think it's bad business if you're in a, let's say, in a intimate relationship and someone does you wrong what you do you just never talk to them again not usually usually you have your little tit for tat and say hey this is what's going on we're done Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with your friends like you want to make sure that they are aware of why you feel the way you feel Mm -hmm. or what your actual feelings are Mm -hmm. and if they're open to working on it great if they're not then it's okay to let it go yeah i was gonna ask like do you feel like we need to work more on relationships. I mean, not relationships, friendships um, more often because I feel like in relationships, when your partner messes up, like you can give them a lot of chances, right? And, and still be with them, even though they made mistakes. But I feel like sometimes with friendships, people are, are quick to cut somebody off mm-hmm. from a friendship. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, like, for me, personally, it's, like, I take my friendships very serious. Like, I'm very loyal to my friends. And it's, like, if something, if they don't do something that I like, I'd be feeling, like, ooh, I don't know if I, if I want to be friends with you. But it's, like, I don't have that same mindset when it comes to relationships. And I think that's something that isn't even really talked about because it's, like, you know, we're all human. So why should I treat my boyfriend differently than a friend that I've been friends with for years and, you know, there's character development when it comes to that. And people make mistakes. And sometimes I feel like those friendships are worth saving. Sometimes, not all the time. But sometimes. And it's it's okay to um, be okay that your friend has made a mistake and that they can fix those mistakes. Because everyone's not perfect. There's I don't think everyone can be a perfect friend all the time. Right. I think you make some good points. I think, again, if... If your friend messes up, I think it's important to communicate like, hey, this, you know, this is what happened. This is how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And if they're willing to work on it, I do think it's worth um, trying to fix that relationship or mend that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think in any relationship, it's only so many chances you can get somebody. Facts. Right? So, Facts. like, if they keep showing you who they are mm-hmm. and they say they're going to work on something and they're not then that's, you know, that's a flag. That's a red flag. You know, that lets you Go know. listen to uh, episode three. It's giving toxic, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's giving toxic. Those are not the type of relationships that you want to keep around. Friends, intimate, whatever. But I do agree with you. I don't think um, our society values friendships as much as we do intimate relationships. And our friendships are important. They are. They're there with you when you got with that person. They're there with you when that person's no longer there. Yeah. Um, and more, more times than not, some of your friends probably do feel a type of way if they see you pull pulling away or going out with other people or spending more time with a significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's important to equally put some effort into those relationships and give people some grace, yeah. right? We all make mistakes. That's um, true. I feel like a good example of that was um, Insecure. Like if you mm-hmm, watch Insecure and you mm-hmm. follow the storyline, you know that Issa and Molly, they're really great friends. And then they kind of went through their whole thing where... You know, things weren't the greatest, but then they come back within the last, like, two seasons or the last season, and they work on their friendship again, and, you know, you you realize that that is a lifelong friend, and it's okay for y'all to fall out and come back together. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, how do you feel we should go about getting better friends? How to, like, do you think friends that we have, we should stick beside them? Or do you think it's okay to venture out to be open to new friendships because they might serve you of higher purpose or they might be a little bit more beneficial to your life? Both. Okay. Right? Um, I think it's good to maintain your current relationships with your friends. Mm -hmm. And something that I was telling you, Jazz, um, and this is just randomly talking, is you want to surround yourself with people who are doing things you want to do. Right. Right. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be in fashion, you want to be a therapist, you want to be a construction worker, whatever. Right. You want to have friends who are doing those things. 
right? Because those are the type of friends who, one, will create resources for you mm-hmm. and will create a network for you, but also open your mind up to, you know, different ways of thinking and different, um, just just different things that you're interested in. Uh, so, oh, you know, I think it's important to maintain, like, the longevity of your relationships with, you know, old-time friends because mm-hmm. they give you something else, right? They They might give you nostalgia, um, you know, good memories, a good time. You know, you have your friends who you go out with. You have your friends that you go to business things with. You have your True. friends that you drink with. You have your friends that, you know, you craft with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to have a um, good network of friends. And, and that doesn't mean you need a lot of friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I wouldn't say I have a lot of friends, but I have a lot of friends who are in, in different, different things. things, right? Yeah. So they introduce me to things. So... I have a friend that loves hiking. Me and her talk about animals and nature. You know, I have my therapist friends who put me on Mm -hmm. like, hey, there's this workshop happening or do you know this about this theory? Mm. Um, And I have my friends who are back in college. Like those are my friends. So like when I'm going through a tough time and I'm feeling really low or maybe I'm feeling really happy, those Mm -hmm. are the friends that I hit up first. Right. Um, And so I I do think it's important to... um, Get friends mm-hmm. that are different from you, right? And friends that you see yourself that you want to be be like. And I don't want to mean like you need to mock them or anything. Yeah, but because they're going in that same realm, like right? You're on that that specific journey together, right? So you feel like it's safe to say it's good to have different sets of friends, mm-hmm. and people should be accepting of that. Mm-hmm. Like if you are that one specific friend you can't be like oh you can only hang out with me and only me you gotta do everything with me like everyone needs to be accepting of everyone has different friends for different things and that's okay right and you might have that friend who gets jealous Mm -hmm. or upset that you're hanging out with different people and that's a conversation you can have with that friend and you decide like is this gonna work long term or not Mm. um but if they're a good friend they'll stick around so like for instance i have a friend she's an aquarius Hey, I'm not a Aquarius, but I got a lot of Aquarius in my chart. (laughs) You do. She does not like me having new work friends. (laughs) She'll accept it, though. She'll be like, okay, I guess, but she's still mine. (laughs) But, like, that's my homegirl. Like, I get her. Like, we're both very territorial about our friendships and our relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, But she respects the fact that I have to venture out. I have to meet new people that are going to serve my purpose in in my career. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel the same way about her. Um, yeah, that's me too. I'd be like, oh, you finna go hang out with your new bestie? All right. I guess. <laughs> I guess. But the most important thing is like, are those friends going to show up to, show up for you in your most important um, moments in life? Right. Right. So like, I think, and that, and that might be personal to me. It's like, you know, you may not come to my, I don't know, little get together, but uh, you come into my wedding or, yeah. you know, something happens terrible in my family. You're there to support me. I think those are the type of friends you keep around, whether they're your crafting friends, your realtor friends, or, you know, your elementary school friends. Mm-hmm. Like those are the type of friendships you want to keep around, but always keep a diverse group of friends. Okay. Um, and that's an in interests, That's in race. Um, that's in every aspect you want to have a, a diverse group of friends that can really introduce you to new things in life true i like that i like that so when it comes to you know we know like all right how to keep friends how it's good to keep certain friends when you do let go of those relationships do you feel like there should be a respectable way to end the the relationship or the friendship so that way you're not necessarily like burning bridges or like because you know some people would be like all right girl bye like I don't need to talk to you or like there's some type of like hatred or like animosity that goes on between them or do you feel like it's it's best to try to be as peaceful and kind as possible to break off a, a friendship um well with my therapist hat on I definitely say do not burn a bridge mm-hmm. Um, you you never know how people develop and change over life. Right. Um, and so I think it's always important to try to maintain a healthy way of ending relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, because one, again, that's a skill, right? You need to learn how to conflict, re- you know, have conflict resolution, but also peacefully end things. Even if it's not peaceful, it's um, 
like respectable or yeah respectable way to walk away from things mm-hmm. um now now some friends do they need to have you know their bridges burned something maybe <laughs> you know if they out here stealing and got your mm-hmm. social security number oh, and they nah. doing all types of you know scamming on your stuff that's a, that's that's a burnable bridge right there um however you know you, you want to always make sure that you can take the high road Right. Now, if I take my therapist hat on and put my Scorpio hat on, oh, I am boy. good for a good grudge. Ooh. However, I don't think that has served me. Now that I am older mm-hmm. and I realize there are some relationships that I did end, um, probably not in the best way, maybe just stop communicating or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I look back on those moments and I realize like I could have done a better job um, mm-hmm. and I could have been more graceful in allowing people um, to kind of go through their hard time um, and not be uh, so hard on them um, when when maybe they did need me or maybe, you know, I didn't know how to be a good friend to them or they didn't know how to be a good friend to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so I, I think in your 20s, you really learn how to build relationships, but also how to cope with the ending, you know, of relationships and friendships and it's hard losing a friend. It's yeah. very it's very hard losing a friend. Um, Sometimes, like, that can hurt even more. It's like if you lose in a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner. Facts, like, facts. Them friendships, that, that'd be that, that genu- it's a lot of genuineness in, in those friendships. So, mm-hmm. sometimes it can really hurt. I agree. I agree. Yeah. That was, that was good. Do you have anything else to say within the friendship realm? Mm, not specifically. That. All right. All right, y'all. So we are going to hop into the unpopular opinion. So stay tuned. All right, y'all. So now we are going to get into the unpopular opinion. So for this topic, I want to ask who should call who first? Now, mainly I'm speaking about parents versus child or like family member versus child, but it can go for any type of relationship because... As I said earlier, I am not one to call someone first. But when we talk about specifically parents, just for for this, who do you think should call who first? So that's a difficult question to answer. Um, mm, it is hard. And I do think it really depends on generation. Now, what I found just like throughout my experience is the older generation feels like their kids should call them mm-hmm. um, as parents. And I have heard on the other side with the younger generations where they feel like their parents should call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, if I think about it just emotionally, I think it's important for both to call each other yeah. from time to time. Um, you know, we're all humans and we all want some type of connection. And I think most of us want to feel wanted and loved. And one easy way to do that is to reach out and just see how someone's doing. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's important as a child, as an adult child, um, to reach out to your parents once in a while. Um, and I also think it's important for your parents to reach out to you. Yeah. Um, because I also think that shows a healthy relationship where both people feel comfortable reaching out to one another just to say, hey, how are you? Or ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, when we don't call each other, I think it fosters this um, more distance mm-hmm. and maybe even some type of like fear or something. Like something is stopping you from calling your parent or vice versa. Your parent may not want to intrude on your life or press your boundaries or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So they may not reach out or they're just expecting you to do it. Yeah. Um, But I do think as parents, it is still your role up until the day that you are no longer with us to show your kids um, how to live through life. And a part of that is maintaining a connection. Mm. And a part of maintaining a connection is calling each other. Yeah. Communicating. Yes. Yeah. I um, I can honestly say... Before, I used to be like, nah, my parents need to call me. They need to check up on me. I'm the baby. Because, y'all, I'm the baby of the family. So, there's that. But I felt like everyone needed to uh, 
you know, check up on me. And and I used to almost feel some type of way that, like, why my mom ain't call me? Why my dad ain't call me? Like, uh-uh, they don't care about me. Why they not calling me? But as I've gotten a little bit older, I can say that, all right, maybe it does need to be on both ends. Maybe I do need to start stepping up and start calling my parents more and checking up on how they're doing because, you know, they want to check up on us to see how we're doing. But at the end of the day, like our parents are getting older. Mm -hmm. So it is something that we do need to start reaching out and and make sure that, I don't know, they're taking their vitamins or that they're exercising or that they're keeping their body healthy or, you know, that you're aware of things that are going on back home because you're no longer there. So that is definitely something that I can say now that I can agree that both parent and child should be reaching out to each other and contacting each other. Yes. And it does not matter how you identify in terms of your gender. Mm. And the reason why I bring that up is uh, typically you see that more people who identify as being a girl, woman, or, you know, the daughter usually is the one that's going to caretake for the parents and usually is the one that's maintaining those connections. Mm. But it's equally important for men, for sons, um, to reach out to their parents. Yeah. Um, they miss you. They love you. Mm-hmm. They want to hear from you. And men tend to leave the nest um, and, you know, they get married and mm-hmm. have their own family and they kind of just detach. Yeah. Um, so it's important for, you know, both sons and daughters or however you identify, um, you reach out to your parents, right? Um, to check in on them, make sure that they're good and give them some updates on your life. Yeah. Like they're interested. They want to know. Yeah. We nosy people around here. People right. People trying to act like they ain't nosy. Everybody's nosy. Everyone want to know. Nosy. And it's okay. You don't have to let them know everything, but mm-hmm. just general updates of how you're doing, what you know, what you've been up to. Okay, you're good. Okay, great. It was five minutes done. Yeah. And you sometimes you don't know how much that call might have meant to somebody. That's true. Um, and for our parents who are listening, like it's it's important too. Like even though your your kid might dodge your call, because let me tell you, <laughs> when we were when we were younger, and when I say we, you know, me and my husband, my husband never talked to his parents. Okay, like they will call, he'll look at the phone and be like, all right, I'll call them back later, and won't talk to them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now as we're getting older, I think he's start he's starting to see that like his parents are getting older. So from time to time, like you know, he might call them. More than likely, he'll call, you know, they'll call them. But like, you you know, like as a parent, you want to reach out to your kid, even if they're dodging your call. Like, it's okay if they dodge your call. Leave a little Mm -hmm. voicemail. And when you talk to them next, you'll be like, well, I called you. Yep. Put them on blast. Make if my feel- brother listening, it's you. We talk about you too, because you always dodge somebody's call. Right. <laughs> um, which, you know, I personally don't take too offense to it. But, you know, you never know somebody else or... You just, you, you want you want to maintain that connection. Um, even if you feel like you don't need your parents, you may not need them, but they may need you. True. And maybe they don't physically need you, but they might need you emotionally or, mm-hmm. you know, like spiritually, whatever it is. They just want to know that you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, both parents and kids need to reach out to each other, um, regardless of who picks up or doesn't reach out. Like, I think it's just a good sentiment to have with each other. I agree wholeheartedly. So, yeah, y'all, that is our thoughts on the popular opinion. All right, y'all, so we are going to get ready to close out this episode. But before we do, Jessica, do you have any type of advice, any uh, just things that you want to let the people know and leave them with today? Yes. Uh, Jazz, I think you asked a really good question earlier, which is, what do you imagine your relationship with your parents to be like? Mm-hmm. And I definitely challenge everyone to really think about that um, and think about ways to foster a healthier relationship. And I think that some of the points that you can take home is communicating how you feel, mm-hmm. um, being okay with disappointment, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to you know listen to, to each other, and think about like, topics that you do want to know more about, right? So like, you know, of course you have your friends and mentors and everything like that, but talk to your parents. Your parents want to know more about what's going on with you and they want they want to give you advice. They want to give you, you know, some some tips and points. Right. Um 
delve into the history of your parents as much as that they're willing to. Um, and what I mean by that is ask about their childhood, um, ask about their experiences with money or relationships. Yeah, I, think, I need to start doing that more because I'll be wanting to know. <laughs> I know. I've been sitting there listening for any little type of tidbits people are trying to tell me or just hear along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very important to who you are as a person. So, you know, get that information. Um, and while some of those experiences might be fun, some of them may be difficult. Um, so I encourage everyone to reach out to other supports like friends, um, but also go to therapy, y'all. Go therapy, to therapy. Yeah. We are in the age of mental health. Um, it's yep. super important uh, to maintain a healthy mental health um, as you get older in any relationship that you're in. Um there's a lot of resources out there that you can go to, like Psychology Today um, is a good resource to look for therapists, um, Therapy for Black Girls, asking around to your friends because you never know who's in therapy right now, yep. um, and heal from some of those past traumas that you've had with whether it's friends or family members or your parents. Um, I think another one of my points is... Um, you know, maintain friendships as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, let go of friendships that are no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. Give chances when chances are due. Um, and foster your friendships as much as possible. Have dates with your friends, yep. right? Um, remember their birthday. Little things like that, I think, really help you, you know, stay connected to your friends. And be okay with making new friends, yeah. right? Remember... Have friends that are doing better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, that way that they can encourage you. Um, but also it kind of gives you a light into some of the paths that you might want to take to accomplish your own goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll just leave on, you know, relationships are important. Mm-hmm. You know, they mean a lot to me and they mean a lot to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so do your best to try to create the healthiest type of relationship you can And if you need help, reach out to any type of mental health clinician to help get you started on your journey of healing and maintaining healthy relationships. Yes, I love that. Um, Something that you did say, just like, I want to emphasize the importance of fostering these relationships because I feel like we are in a time where everything is uh, virtual and and digital and we're in the... uh, going into the metaverse and things. And I feel like that is kind of pulling away from from our more intimate relationships. So I think it's very important to, while we do have the time now, to make sure that you are fostering these relationships with your friends, with your family, and that, you know, you're just doing as much as as you can and you're playing your part into putting in that work to um, make those relationships work and make them healthy and and happy within uh, the relationship. So, um, Jess, you want to let the people know where they can find you or if they want to know a little bit more about you or where they can they see your work and your credentials or any of that that you want to share with anybody? Uh, for sure. Um, so you guys can find me on Psychology Today under Jessica Fabry A., and that's F-E-V-R-I-E-R. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Collaborative Connect. Yes, y'all go follow my girl. Um, and, excuse me, that's Collaborative Connections. <laughs> <laughs> um, but y'all can find me. And if anything, reach out to Jazz and she can help. Um, she can help you connect with me. Yes, for sure. So I'll make sure I'll leave... Um all the like hyperlinks and and things where you can find her in the show notes so y'all make sure that you um if you found some insightful things from this episode or if you feel like you and your friends can benefit you and family members can benefit from it make sure to share it with them have these talks have these conversations tell them to tune into the podcast also follow your girl on instagram at the unknown journey with jazz so you guys can see all the updates and things 
And yeah, y'all, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Jess, I love you. I appreciate you for being with me on this episode. And hopefully we'll see you again. We'll have you back for another episode because, you know, you, you got a lot of great things up in that head of yours, that Scorpio mind of yours. Yes, I love you too. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. And shout out to all her listeners who've been listening in. She has a lot of great topics and just, you know, things to talk about and listen and ponder about. So kudos to you, girl. Thank you. So, all right, y'all, we will catch y'all in the next episode. Peace. I just wanted to come back in real quick to just give my thanks to Jessica for joining me on this episode. It really was a great episode filled with so much information that can be used in our day-to-day lives and within our relationships. Jessica, like, thank you so much. You have been such a role model to me throughout my life. Always been there for me always been someone I can look up to and come to if I need help or advice or just to talk with and have good laughs and things in that nature. Um, You put in so much work, so much hard work throughout your life and I sit back and I I watch it flourish. You have such an amazing personality, you're such an amazing person and I'm just forever grateful for you. So Thank you again. I'm giving you your praises. Praises for the ladies, y'all. It's Women's History Month. So my flowers are being given to Jessica for this segment. So thank you so much, Jess. And hopefully we can get you on another episode. All right, y'all. Bye.